From eyesore to eye catcher. Today on Savvy Citizen, we're talking about a game-changing park project in the city of Lowell. We're speaking with Lowell City Manager Scott Attaway and Parks and Recreation Director Christy Cummings about the hard work that's gone in behind the scenes about taking a building that was once an eyesore for the town and turning it into something much, much more. You're listening to another edition of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm here with uh, Lowell Manager Scott Attaway and Lowell Parks and Recreation Director Christy Cummings. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. So we're talking about a a pretty unique project that Lowell has uh, coming up here. And this is something that um, has been worked on for quite a while and is um, starting to come to fruition. And Scott, I guess I'll start with you. How long have you been working on um, the uh, plan here? Because this is this is a property that's been uh, maybe maybe an eyesore uh, in the community for more than a decade, right? Yeah, this has been an eyesore in the community since about 2004 when the uh, former chemical company uh, went into bankruptcy and and left town all in the process of about a day. A lot of citizens worked at this uh, facility. Um, so what, what was it before? I mean, it was some sort of a, um, was it a dye plant or? Correct. It was okay. a, it was a dye plant, uh, Yorkshire America's, um, and Kempchura, uh, was the names. Got it. And so this is something that in terms of where it is, it's a really good piece of property because it's right along the South Fork river, right? Yeah. There's over 800 linear feet of, uh, riverfront on this parcel. It's about uh, 17 acres. Okay. It abuts Poston Park. Okay. So a lot of nice recreation in the vicinity. So when did the idea for turning this into a park kind of come about? Because, I mean, when you look at something, when you look at a property like this, to me that's not a natural, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to take a old industrial site and turn it into something entirely different. Yeah. Um, I'd say about 2018, 19, uh, the former city manager uh, began discussions with that uh, property owner about repurposing the site. It was initially and, and still is a component of the site to move our public works facility out of downtown. Okay. Severely outgrown, um, not the best place for a public works facility to be in your downtown as well. Um, so it began with looking at a new home for public works about a fifth of the site now with this current master plan is programmed to be that public works facility uh, and then the other uh, balance of the site to be recreation amenities and whatnot so christy you've been with well you said for about four years that's correct what is this like for you looking at the opportunities that this site could present in terms of um, additional recreation opportunities for the residents of Lowell and the surrounding areas? It's um, it's pretty exciting right now. We only have two parks, so we're pretty limited with the um, amenities that we offer our citizens. So this new park um, is going to have a lot to offer our community. I think um, people are going to come from all over to come visit this park, and um, there will just be some really cool programming that we can offer. What are some of the things that you're looking at putting in the park? I mean, are, is the is the planning for the for the park and what's going to go into it finalized yet, or is it still kind of in the conceptual stage? It's still in the conceptual stage. We'll definitely look for some citizen in- input on mm-hmm. what we have put together so far. 
um, that there are lots of stuff out there, multiple playgrounds, um, an amphitheater. Um, there's a low ropes obstacle course that we have programmed in, a skate park. Oh, wow. Yeah, some some really cool opportunities. Um, like Scott was saying, this uh, piece of property has been an eyesore for so long, and the really cool thing about it is that we can – we're able to save some of the structures that are in place. And, um, for example, there's an old loading bay, and that's probably one of my favorite pieces because it actually looks like a stage. Oh, wow. So the idea to turn it into a stage is really cool so we can keep a piece of the history as well as be able to utilize it. That's neat. So you're not just going in and basically just raising this and just starting from scratch. You're actually trying to utilize the pieces that are kind of salvageable. That's correct. Okay. Um, What is the... um, kind of public input been to this point i mean was there any opposition to this was was there any thought like oh you know we're you know this is this is too much money to spend or this is you know or or was there a lot of excitement like hey we're we're finally making progress on something that has basically sat vacant for almost two decades i'll I'll say that the our elected officials um are of course cognizant of of cost and their decision making um they walk through this very carefully um uh, with our environmental consultants, with meeting with the state of North Carolina Department of Environmental Quality to make sure we know the level of uh, contamination on the site, which is surprisingly very, very low from what um, one would w- would think. Um, so the the elected officials um, got all the information um, and ultimately made a decision to take title to the property this January, January 2022. Um, the public input uh, pieces of it um, are, are kind of forthcoming, but there's there's been a great deal of surveying our citizens. We just completed a parks and recreation master plan for the whole city uh, for the first time ever. Oh, wow. Um, and a lot of those um, uh, uh, results from that were of, yeah, they, they liked the river as an amenity. Oh, yeah. Um, kayak put in fishing piers, that's some other components to it. Um, so we will get more into the citizen input as we navigate through our brownfield agreement with North Carolina DEQ um, and develop a brownfield steering committee of citizens. Um, like Christy said, this is a conceptual uh, master plan at this point. Um, we've been working with our architect to fine tune some of the things in here, and um, this will either come to council for a final adoption of the plan in April or May of this year. Oh, wow. So this is kind of right around the corner. Yep. We, we've been working on the, the plan for, I don't know, probably about a year. Um, uh, maybe last summer um, we kicked it off. So we're, we've gone through it very meticulously and methodically because it, it is a, a large property, and um, – there's a lot of concerns that we need to uh, be upfront about with the environmental, uh, as we've done with the uh, extensive uh, environmental consulting on this site. So you mentioned that um, that it's a brownfield site. If you can talk a little bit about like what the difference is between a brownfield site and like a, a Superfund site, because I, I I know that those terms kind of get kicked around sometimes when there's um, a, a look at some of these different properties that, that need cleanup. Um, and I know you were saying a little bit earlier that, like, the state's already been doing some work um, on getting rid of some of the most hazardous elements on that site prior to what you guys did in January. Yeah, 
Yeah. So a brownfield site, um, many people don't realize the extent of or the amount of brownfield sites there are in any given state. In mm-hmm. North Carolina, uh, DQ's got a pretty cool interactive map you can look at, and you can see all the brownfield sites, and you just look at Uptown Charlotte. It's They're, they're all over the place. Oh, yeah. If, if you're sitting in – uh, Bank of America Stadium watching a, a soccer or a Panthers game, you're, you're at a former Brownfield site. Hmm. Um, the Whitewater Center uh, is uh, certain elements of it, certain areas of it um, are a certain uh, are, are a Brownfield site. Um, so a Brownfield site is a way to repurpose um, and bring back to life a property um, that has had some contamination and often like this one, um, those sites are just left abandoned, idled, and, yeah. and underused. Um, so this this is an opportunity uh, for the city to uh, do a lot of things, public works facility, recreation amenities for our citizens, and to clean up an eyesore mm-hmm. um, and any potential contamination on the site. Like you mentioned, the state has spent, um, like I think, over $1.1 million out of the foreclosure purse uh, from this site from the shutdown of this company on the remediation already so the state is acting as the uh, current remediator of the site okay kind of handing off that to the city um, to to finish it off and we're working in tandem with them Um, we've had several meetings with them with our uh, mayor um, and just trying to move this site along some other sites uh, in the area uh, rocky mountain event center uh, Camden Center in Charlotte, Guilford Mills in Greensboro, Conover Station in Shelby. Uh, there's tons of these sites all over the place. So this is this is not an uncommon practice in terms of basically taking a brownfield site and turning it into something that can be um, super beneficial for for our community and for its residents. Not at all. Um, uh, use the city of Gastonia for example. Around the Fuse District, there was a few. In oh the sure. Active. Uh, redevelopment, I think Trent Mill, um, Coca-Cola plant, maybe uh, one or both of those. Um, I don't want to step out of my bounds here. Oh, sure, but, sure. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're all over, and, and you see what can happen when you uh, redevelop these sites for the greater good of the city. So, so in terms of when this first came forward, um, I know that you said that you're going to be still doing some feedback later on to, to kind of drill down on the specifics of what you're going to include on the site. Um, what do you guys have currently in the parks and recreation arsenal for, for the town of Lowell, Christy? So we have um, at Harold Rankin Park, we have a couple fields out there. We have um, baseball field, there's a smaller t-ball field, walking track. Um, we have both uh, picnic tables at both of our parks. Um, okay. Bobolik is our other park. Um, we have outdoor basketball courts at both of those um, and playgrounds at both as well. So some of the elements that you were looking to include at this park are going to be something that you don't have anywhere else in, in, in Lowell. That's correct. We'll, um, we'll have a couple of the elements still the same, but mm-hmm. just new and improved. And like I was saying, we'll add new amenities as well. And Adam, I'll add to that that, you know, when we were looking at this, we we incorporated those results of the master plan because we did a lot of citizen surveys. Okay. Um, and I touched on that earlier, but we also looked at our our neighbor of Gaston County Post and Park. Yeah. And what do they have? Um, so we're not duplicating anything they have. Uh, I guess you could say we are duplicating a fishing pier, but they have a man sure. man made pond. But um, we're, we're gonna 
through that on the South Fork River. Um, so, you know, posting is heavy in the softball, baseball, athletics, and things like that. We're not mm-hmm. talking about putting any of that down there, the uh, pump track down there. Yep. Um, we're kind of playing off of that with the skate park. Okay. Because um, that, it, you know, you can get on a skateboard out there, um, but it's predominantly like biking yeah. on the pump track and the mountain bike trails. Again, not duplicating any of that, but I think we can uh, play off of each other pretty well with those events like the Red Bull uh, Pump Track Tournament that yep. comes, it seems, every year um, so far. So good with that. And uh, just trying to work with the county um, like I think a lot of cities in Gaston County do very mm-hmm. well. We all work together well, and this is just another example of that. You talked about potentially including an amphitheater as part of this project. Is that something that you would hope to be able to utilize for you know outdoor concerts and events and um, just you know providing that kind of great space for, for the community to gather? That's correct. So the larger amphitheater will be over towards the river, and then okay. we have that smaller stage up front that I was mentioning that was the old loading bay. Mm-hmm. And um, so probably concerts at the lower one and the upper smaller one will be utilized more for programming like yoga in the park, um, some kids' events. Um, maybe even some smaller shows. What's the size of, of Lowell as a town? And then, you know, how much have you guys kind of grown over over recent years? Yeah, so our 2020 census, I think, brought us to somewhere around like 3,650 population. Okay. Um, we're looking at those numbers to make sure that um, we, we believe those are as accurate um, as, as what we, we know from our records and whatnot. But um, I will say this, that, Currently, there is um, either approved or in the planning, zoning, so to speak, pipeline, there's mm-hmm. about 915 housing units wow. um, coming to Lowell. Um, no surprise, really, because we know this this area um, of Gaston County is is growing. Um, yep. Probably owe a lot of that to Charlotte, the, the major hub that it is with the airport and banking centers and all that. Oh, yeah. So... We are growing. We suspect our population to probably near double uh, by the next census. Um, wow. So we're, we're in 2022 now, so we have eight more years. Um, <laughs> and we, our council is very um, supportive of that growth, but also in um, the way of making sure that growth is, is good growth. And sure. And very careful to, to make sure that we grow in a, in a good way. And you want to make sure that, you know, you're – you're able to support it, you know, incrementally with the level of services that citizens would come to expect. Exactly. Um, with this project, what is kind of the rough timeline for for kind of what people can expect going forward? Yes. Yeah, so, um, because we are um, entered into a brownfield agreement, we did receive a letter of eligibility for the program. Um, and our next step and what we're in currently is developing an environmental management plan with our environmental consultants. And that's kind of like a work plan for the whole site. So that dictates how we demolish buildings. Um, it gives us opportunities to keep moving and progressing on the site without, without having to stop and uh, wait on DEQ personnel to show up on the site. Um, if we find something in excavation or anything like that. Got it. Uh, so we're in that process right now. I suspect that to be completed uh, just probably mid to late spring. 
um, and the first order of operations on the site uh, would be to uh, demolish all the buildings that we're not going to repurpose. Okay. Uh, there's a milling building that we're going to uh, repurpose as like kind of a banquet hall. Um, and like Christy mentioned, the uh, loading dock that you see from North Main Street, uh, that, that'll be uh, kept. So uh, possible demolition to begin in the fall. Okay. Um, fall, maybe winter. Uh, I better say winter. <laughs> maybe <laughs> you always want to be conservative so. on the estimates. That's right. That's right. Um, there's there's just a lot of things that that go into this. So, um, but I suspect by summer of next year, the site will be uh, brought down in in the way that we anticipate through the plan. What um, in terms of the the scope and size of this project? Um, how does this compare to some of the other projects that you guys have taken on? Is this a fairly significant project in terms of the number of years it's going to take to complete it, in terms of just the resources that are going to go into it, compared to just some of the other things that you've had to tackle? Absolutely. that This is the largest project um, that the city would uh, be looking at here. Um, and Christy's working on some other things with our existing parks and kind of rehabbing, remodeling those facilities. Um, so there's there's a lot going on in the way of parks and recreation right now, um, but you know our city facilities are got some age on them, and sure. uh, I think our city hall was built in 1958. Okay. Um, so the council is looking uh, in their strategic vision in their um, uh, budget retreats. They often discuss the need to uh, grow, uh, develop, and repair our existing city city facilities so we're we're looking at kind of all the above city Mm -hmm. hall police department public works and and increasing recreation because like you mentioned as you're growing and not just growing but even now um we need we need to provide the citizens with these opportunities and these amenities in their city uh and then with the growth um there'll be a need for more of those and it's, it's an interesting position to be in because it's, you know, there's obviously unincorporated areas in Gaston County. Um, there's gosh, 12 municipalities in Gaston County. So there's a lot that where the county and municipalities work really well together. But in, in some sense, like you do compete a little bit against the other municipalities because you want to have those residents generally locate with you because you'd like to grow your city in most cases. Obviously, there's some cities that are like, no, we don't want any growth. We're good the way we are. But that's not the typical mindset. Correct. Yeah. Uh, there's friendly competition yeah. uh, with our cities. Um, we, we often joke with each other about um, uh, different amenities or um, other, other options in each city. They're, they're just a little bit different. Um, and that, that, that is unique. It adds to the character of each town. Like you said, we do have 12 municipalities. That's quite a few mm-hmm. uh, in, in a county our size. Um, but they're all unique. You could, you, oh, yeah. you'll be able to tell when you get to Lowell and Cramerton, Belmont and Gastonia, and Mount Holly. So, um, that is something that we cherish in Lowell and, uh, our council wants to keep that Lowell identity. How do you think that this project helps continue to build that identity for Lowell? Yeah. So, um, I think there's always been an emphasis in Lowell on the parks and recreation side, just reading old files and Christy might have some information on this to share too, that um, looking back at the, uh, at the existing Harold Rankin park, 
um, and how there's been an emphasis on, you know, youth athletics and things like that, and playgrounds and stuff like that in our community. Um, this adds to that. Uh, it, it takes what we had done, you know, a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. and we're we're building on it in the 21st century to to offer more of those options um, and just keep moving moving the bar. I think another really cool thing about us is our river in Lowell. Um, not every city has a river that runs through it. And sure. um, having this river access is going to be really awesome, and it's going to open whole new opportunities, whether it's just paddling or hiking along the river, um, fishing, just sitting by the river and watching for the wildlife. Um, the, the river, I mean, once people get access to the river, they become inspired to protect the river, and mm-hmm. that's really important, too, because the protected, protected river um, – provides clean water for our community, um, gives everybody a better quality of life, and not only for Lowell, everybody that's down the stream from us as well. Absolutely. Makes yeah. me want to put on my stormwater hat right now <laughs> and talk about how very, very important that is. And we're charged with educating our citizens uh, through our stormwater permit to um, educate them about contaminations, pollutions, things like that, and water quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christy's right. Uh, uh, some of this conceptual master plan does focus on that education component. Okay. Um, outdoor classrooms out there, you know, if, if the Shield Museum um, summer camp wants to take a field trip, they could come over and, and be right on the river and talk about native species, plants, um, and, and, and tie that into uh, – a, a needed concern for water quality in our county. Well, and you guys have already been doing some work in the community about kind of stormwater education, right? Absolutely. Um, we we were one of the lucky few to be audited by <laughs> DEQ Stormwater Division <laughs> first. Say that with a straight face. That's well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was in 2019. And uh, like many other cities and towns across the state, um, uh, we were deficient in, in what they wanted us to do. Um, so we've uh, righted that wrong and um, have developed that stormwater department to to do the needed requirements of that permit. And uh, uh, tomorrow there's a litter sweep um, that plays into, you know, that. We do river sweeps as well. The one tomorrow is just kind of a citywide uh, litter sweep, but we – we get uh, engaged. We engage citizens to come out and uh, help clean up and protect the river. So, if I'm somebody that that really doesn't know anything about stormwater, what's the 60 second pitch about why I should care about stormwater and what's the city's role in stormwater? I know that we're going a little bit away from the park project here, but you, you brought it up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go down that rabbit hole with you. Well, <laughs> it's okay. We brought it up because you know th- this site redevelopment is huge for stormwater quality itself yeah. Um, because we're cleaning it up. We're putting a lot more uh, pervious ground uh, on the site that is just full of asphalt. So mm-hmm. uh, that'll get me into my quick little pitch here. So um, all, all cities, uh, urban-oriented uh, cities, have a uh, stormwater permit that the state uh, issues us a five-year permit. Um, and the, the crux of it is is that all the rainfall that falls in your city limits goes across all your building rooftops, parking lots. You have um, vehicular uh, pollutions, whether it be, you know, uh, oil leaking or brake dust that people don't think about that gets on the road. Well, sure. on a massive scale, when that hits your storm drains and gets to our 
waterways, that's concerning. Hmm. Uh, so they want us to be concerned about our uh, stormwater quality. Uh, and there's a six-prong approach that they have us look through um, in uh, best management practices to mitigate that. And, and some of it is city facilities and our crews out there. Um, our trucks, things like that. Um, you might focus on special industries like mechanics, um, uh, the food industry having their grease pits out back um, okay. that are leaking into uh, uh, drainage ways and whatnot. And so it's just a way to hold the cities responsible uh, to mitigate all those things. So does that do you work in kind of tandem with the county's environmental health folks in terms of working with like restaurants and different places like that on issues that would affect stormwater quality? Uh, we do not. Um, okay. There might be some uh, room there to work with them, but we work directly with them. Okay. There's a kind of conglomerate, conglomerate of uh, cities and towns, counties uh, across this region of North Carolina. They're in this regional stormwater partnership. Mm. Okay. And so we, we meet monthly or bi-monthly with them and um, develop a lot of, say, flyers for those industries of, of the food industry. And we just, hey, did you know that you need to uh, have secondary containment on your, your greased pits and, and whatnot out, out of the back of the restaurant? So, um, and uh, the auto industries, the mechanics, um, it can come down to landscapers and uh, you know when you spread fertilizer on a yard on a customer's yard and you do not blow it out of the roadway it's undoubtedly you threw some nitrogen in the road mm-hmm. um, and so it's just the education component there a lot of it is is citizen education too um, to uh, know that if those nitrogen pellets those granules if they get in the uh catch basins and get they'll get down to the river and the river is constantly analyzed by the state and the Catawba oh, River sure, Keeper. Sure. Uh, that's another good partnership we have is with uh, the Catawba River Keeper to kind of help and educate uh, our citizens on stormwater. Yeah, it's amazing for me being from Arizona and it's you know it rains maybe 7 inches a year and here you, you might get 7 inches a month. So Yeah, <laughs> it was in Phoenix. I was in Phoenix one time when it rained and it looked like people have never seen it before. Yeah, it turns into <laughs> Armageddon, basically. People are like, eh, God is angry with us and the world's ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting just, uh, I think, as as somebody that is relatively new to government on my end, I've been with the county for a little over two years, all the different things that even smaller municipalities have to get involved in um, to make sure that they're um, protecting uh, resources for residents. It's just, it, it's fascinating to me. Anything else about the the park project that I didn't ask about that you wanted to touch on? I appreciate both of you coming in and, and talking about it. And I'm very excited for, for kind of the, the future of what this is going to look like. I would just add that, yeah, we, we share that excitement. Um, this is uh, a huge thing for the citizens of Lowell. And we just look forward to uh, getting the word out more on this site and uh, working through our steering committees and developing the site for the, the best that it can be. Uh, so we appreciate you bringing us on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Christy Cummings and Scott Attaway from Lowell, thank you both so much for, for coming in and best of luck going forward. Thank you. Thank you.